0: It's Vancouver's Podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hello, this is Robert Smile, coming to you today with Vancouver's Podcast, a member of the Canada's Podcast Network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen here in Vancouver, British Columbia. Dan Pontefract is the Chief Envisioner of the TELUS Transformation Office, where he helps organizations and leaders improve all facets of the future of work, including employee engagement, leadership development, collaborative behaviors, and organizational purpose. He is an international keynote speaker an adjunct professor at the University of Victoria's Gustafsson School of Business, and the author of three books, including his latest, open to think, slow down, think creatively and make better decisions. Well, Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking the time today to be here for all our listeners.
1: Robert, it's my sincere pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Let's rock.
0: Okay. Well, tell us a little bit more about yourself. I know you're in Victoria, but give us the details on your current business.
1: Well, I like to think of myself as a man of the people, Robert. So my uh, real entire career now as a 47-year-old has uh, led me to be a Sherpa, if you will. I'm really, I think, put on this planet to help others become better people, whether those are individual contributors, managers, directors, VPs, EVPs, you kind of name it. And why? Because that's really the pertinent question. Well, I started out thinking I wanted to be a educator meaning an educator of kids. And so I went to McGill, did a A. B.A., B.Ed., Bachelor of Education, I should say, met my wonderful wife, Denise Lamache, great French gal. And so we then traveled across the country and set up shop in Vancouver in 1995, where we taught at St. Patrick Regional Secondary School, uh, a school that's found at 11th Avenue in Maine, essentially, for those that know the area around Mount Pleasant. And had a wonderful two years but uh, why is it two years, Robert? Well, I, I essentially, s- I said to myself, maybe there's more than just, for me at least, you know, working with kids. So I started to work with adults, uh, moved on to the British Columbia Institute of Technology and ran their downtown campus. Uh, for those of you that know, it's downtown on Seymour Street. Had a great time there for about six years and then moved on to the corporate world. And so between chief learning officer roles at... Uh, business Objects, Crystal Decisions, which became SAP, and then TELUS. Uh, eventually, I found my way into starting up this kind of uh, inside the organization consulting shop, uh, inside of TELUS, I should say, to help other organizations with the points you mentioned when we uh, when you introduced me. And so this whole kind of career of between education and leadership and learning and technology and culture and purpose has been uh, really my life's work. And so these days... I'm uh, I'm happier than a pig at the trough when I'm getting to work with organizations and people on what they may uh, see as opportunities for changing the way in which they operate as a leader, as a business and so on. So that's that's a bit about me, Robert.
0: Okay. Now, did you need financing to start your company and how do you currently make money in your business now?
1: Well, we sort of looked at this as an entrepreneurial opportunity at Telus, and so what that means essentially is inside of the organization, we said, well, is there is there a way in which we can invest some time and some people and some money into a, an outfit that will go outside of Telus and help clients of Telus, whether they actually are uh, existing clients or they become new clients to Telus, and so it's essentially an external consulting shop. It's it's very. I guess, untelecom telecom like uh, what we were doing is thinking about a way in which to not even talk about technology, but to help clients see that there is a better way in which to ultimately operate, again, back to culture and purpose and leadership and so on.
0: Okay. What is the long-term vision and what will your company look like in the future? Do you see the company expanding into other areas and where beyond Vancouver, BC, or even Canada?
1: Well, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, under, under the direction of TELUS, I don't see this expanding. It's sort of like a boutique shop, right? Um, but ultimately, I think in the pursuit of my purpose, my own personal purpose, uh, most definitely I will see this opportunity as something in which that I'll take on my own and do this uh, outside of uh, the realms of TELUS itself.
0: Okay. Now Uh we've learned a little bit about you and we've learned a little bit about your business. We want to talk about doing business in Vancouver now and what that looks like for you. What are the biggest benefits for you and being an entrepreneur here in Vancouver, BC? I want you to give us some of the good points about starting a company here, but I also want you to give us some of the tough things or challenges for our listeners so they can keep an eye out for them.
1: Well, the good thing is that uh, what you've got is essentially a nucleus of individuals from, from all over Canada and the world. Like there's there's not the, you know, the traditional I've grown up in, you know, a small city and I stay in the small city. And, and for that, you have the benefit of having world class and national class people that arrive to be in Vancouver for the benefits that it clearly creates, you know, with its with its nature, with its habitat, with the way in which the community brings itself to the table, um, that benefit uh, can translate into all kinds of different um, talents, uh, expertise, and the sort of the true melting pot, I would argue, of uh, kind of what the auspice of Canada intends to be. Um, the not so good and the sort of negative parts of, you know, operating inside of Vancouver. There's still at times a fair bit of NIMBY, not in my backyard syndrome. So, you know, you're, it's not as collegial as I would hope it to be, and that collegiality which you can see in Silicon Valley, which you can see in uh, New York City. Uh, which you can see in Manchester, UK, for example. It just seems we need to do a better job of remembering why everyone moved to Vancouver in the first place or continue to reside in Vancouver and and really kind of looking out for one another a little more than perhaps we are
0: okay we do some of our best work outside the office is there a place in the lower mainland close to where you live or work where you like to go recharge or get inspired with ideas or just think about your business and does it change with the season considering all the rain we get here
1: (laughs) well uh, i think you're right somewhere between uh, may and october uh, i'm a big grouse grind fan Um, it's just sort of that uh, depending how, how well I'm doing that particular day it's somewhere between you know 48 and 78 minutes right of just some tranquility and peace and, and going up and then uh, and then coming down on the gondola. To that end, I also enjoy cycling. So uh, going out to SFU, going up the mountain that way, or just going up Cyprus, right? Just being by myself and, and collecting my thoughts about where I'm at, uh, how I can become a better person, a better entrepreneur, a better leader, strategist, etc. So those are, those are two kind of environmental ones that are more, um, you know, during the – the non-wet seasons um, when it's a uh, you know it's I guess wet and you know you don't want to be able to go up gross or can't go up gross um, funny enough uh, I I like going to the Vancouver Public Library uh, and I do this all year but you know wonderful architecture but once you're inside you know you're just surrounded by both people and intelligence from the books and the people and I just kind of love the hum. Of what's going on in there, are people coming and going. I might sit and read, I might write, I might just people watch. Um, but it's one of one of the landmarks in the city. But for me, it's not just a landmark of what it looks like; it's what's in it that that helps me, again, with my thinking and my intellect and my development.
0: Okay, we have a lot of international listeners, so this next question, I want you to speak to them. If you were to start all over again and you just moved here to Vancouver BC but this time you don't know anyone knowing what you know now what would you do and how would you go about starting all over again as an entrepreneur
1: <laughs> I guess I'd uh I'd first of all figure out how to how to do dragon boating it seems like everyone knows how to do that but um cheeky comment aside Um, you really have to find ways in which to plug yourself into the Vancouver habit of being um, athletic and, and social athleticism. So whether that's joining running clubs or whether that's getting into the Bikram yogas or whatever it is, cycling clubs, you know, if you're not kind of patched into some of the athletic pursuits the city has and, and joining those types of communities, you're missing out on on the wonderful opportunity of networks. And and again, back to my earlier point of I think we can do a better job of not being as NIMBY, when you are joining those types of athletic pursuit clubs and groups, you, you're breaking a boundary that otherwise I don't see in other cities um, in terms of, 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 its loveliness. And so if I had any piece of advice, I'd say, don't sit at home and work all day. Don't sit at night and stare at your laptop. Don't go to the coffee shop and just put your earbuds in and, and, and pump out another report or another consulting shop, uh, article or, you know, a code, whatever your fancy is. I, I'd say, look, get out and meet people. And particularly so in Vancouver's habitat, do so with some of those athletic pursuits.
0: So it's good to be uh, athletic and be outgoing and have some kind of a focus, whether it be like volleyball or spinning or or something that uh, kind of gets you rolling.
1: Yeah. And even a couple, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you can push yourself into, and again, Vancouver is so great about different levels of class in terms of where you're at ability wise. So for every, you know, um, volley, beach volleyball group that you see that look like they could be in the Olympics, there's, you know, the intermediate and, and beginner levels as well. So that I find quite cool with the way in which Vancouver operates. There's no elitism about uh, the different types of athletic pursuits.
0: Okay, let's talk about your routine. What does the first hour look like for you when you get up in the morning? Do you have a specific routine or a ritual that helps you get motivated start your day?
1: (laughs) Well, ever since 1995, I've uh, shaved my head. So I'm a bald guy that did the Marc Messier a long time ago. So obviously it starts with a shower and spending 10 minutes in that shower um, thinking. Uh, and I do this out of habit every day because it's just that 10 minutes of almost meditation inside of the shower whilst I'm shaving just thinking about what's working what's not I um, I refuse to take a meeting uh, before 9 o'clock uh, I know that sounds odd to some but uh, whether I'm on the road or whether I'm in Vancouver or I'm working from home um, I, I usually generally start uh, around 7.30 in the morning, but that 90 minutes are, is me time, I call it, and those, those 90 minutes allow me both to process uh, the day, the week, the month, um, uh, the year. But it also allows me some opportunity to advance things that have either come in overnight, uh, advance things that I'm kind of needing to set some time aside to work on, or uh, you know, sometimes that that ninety minutes might be a bike ride. That might be one of those opportunities where I go, I'm like, you know what? I got the time. I've built it in uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays of this week. I'm going to go out for the bike ride seven thirty to nine, and and I uh, take the shower afterwards. If you follow my kind of my day shift there, mm-hmm. so. That's, yeah, I think, you know, too many people get into their day and start with meetings, whereas I'm antithetical to the always being being busy mantra. I think that um, the more that we're repatriating our time, and for me, a lot of that comes at the beginning of the day, the, the better you are, the calmer you are, the more meditative you are, and I just think you become a better person.
0: Do you think entrepreneurs have to be weird or unique in a positive way or are wired differently?
1: Yeah, I get this question a lot, actually. Um, I think we're all entrepreneurs. You know, I mean, the word uh, drives me bananas to a degree because everyone has to have in their lives the ability to be entrepreneurial. And that might be um, various degrees, right, of course, but we need to be entrepreneurial in our lives from a perspective of we're running a family, let's say. In my case, I've got three kids and Denise. So, so that's, there's entrepreneurial aspects of running a household. There's entrepreneurial aspects of, of running your own uh, day, right, the management of it, the time commitment, the planning of resources, right, et cetera, et cetera. But then you've got to be inventive. And so, you know, you, you're kind of thinking about, well, what about that next holiday, you know okay next july i want to go to europe well there are entrepreneurial behavioral skills that go alongside the planning and execution of a holiday to europe for 3 weeks next year so i i think first of all that i mean i'm not taking a knock out of the question it's that i i get i i get this this bitter taste in my mouth when when we describe, oh, yeah, he's an entrepreneur, she's an entrepreneur, and, and they're not. Well, no. We're all entrepreneurs first and foremost. But then, of course, yeah, there is a second degree of entrepreneurialism, which is those that are able to take an idea uh, and the risk associated with it and make money on it. so So that's a different story. And do you have to be weird? Do you have to have some sort of uh, sixth sense? Is there some sort of chromosome that's different from, from this individual versus the other? And you know, as everyone these days seems to sort of bring up Steve Jobs and Elon Musk and so on as the entrepreneurial uh, type, you know, I think what it comes down to again is um, it's commitment uh, it's your ability to uh, forecast accordingly, it's the ability to uh, manage um, expectations, yourself, uh, the idea, the teams, um, but it's also requiring you know, that uh, sense of deep execution and the focus in which to do it. Th- those can all be learned. Right. You know, you can take someone's idea and apply yourself to be an uh, an entrepreneur. Sorry. You don't just have to be the idea guy or gal and then, you know, be entrepreneurial, quote, to to take that um, to effect. So in essence, no, I don't think you have to be weird. No, I don't think that there's a necessarily uh, different DNA of an entrepreneur. I think it's it can be learned. And that's where mainstream media Disappoints me, and they hold up, you know, as I say, the aforementioned celebrity entrepreneurs as the only folks that can be entrepreneurial. That is so far from the truth.
0: What books are you reading now, and why, or even audiobooks? And can you recommend any books for our listeners who are also aspiring entrepreneurs?
1: Sure. Well, I got an advanced copy of a book from Peter Johnston called Weapons of Peace. It's a book about negotiation, um, using war as, uh, in Hitler's time, how to negotiate out of the atom bomb. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, I've got uh, something in my throat here. And then um, I'm reading Good is the New Cool, uh, Market Like You Give a Damn by Afdel Aziz. And <clears throat> it's ultimately a book about how do you use purpose and how do you use... social good as an opportunity to really change the world um both of these i'm enjoying immensely as i'm about halfway through uh them at this particular time
0: any online or offline tools that you use on a daily basis
1: evernote (coughs) excuse me um I'll repeat that. Evernote. So I am a big fan of writing things down, of doodling, of uh, marinating in the moment and, and capturing my thoughts. Evernote is an application um, that's whether you're using your laptop, your PC, uh, in my case, my tablet, my iPad, my iPhone, uh, wherever I go, Evernote's with me. And I may um, run into a poem, right? Somewhere like, oh, I love that poem, and I'll grab it. I may run into it in a walk, or even if I'm cycling, something that I see or something that pops into my mind, I'm like, oh gosh, I got to capture that. I would be lost uh, without Evernote. In fact, every article I write for Forbes or HBR, every book I've written is actually written in Evernote because there's always these lines or quips that come to me, um, again, whether I'm online or offline, and then I, I want to make sure that I capture it. So my, uh, my Evernote catalog of um, content and pieces and, and ideas and so on, uh, I'd, be, I'd be absolutely lost without that particular app.
0: If you weren't doing what you do now, what would you like to do for a profession?
1: A couple things. One would be um, radio talk show, um, I guess, conversationists. Like what you do in terms of this podcast, Robert, it excites me dearly because you get to meet people, you get to ask the questions, have the dialogue and the discourse. And, you know, for three or four hours a day, I could see myself chatting with all kinds of folks around the world and, and having those uh, experimental type of uh, dialogue situations. I just love learning and, and often that comes through the dialogue uh, with people. So that'd be number one. Um on the second side, uh, I've always been intrigued by the UN, <laughs> um, and and having visited a few times over the years. Uh, and it's not New York; that's not my point. It's about the UN, the the wonder that goes on in that to sort of keep the world's peace, to try and prosper for those with those um, in situations of harm or malnourishment or environmental issue. I just you know there's something to be said about being a diplomat or working for the UN and really furthering the cause of the planet. And uh, that would be kind of my number two.
0: What kind of a job would you not like to do? Couldn't do it.
1: Oof. Um, I guess I'd say coder. Um, the 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 inability, I suppose, to get out and move around in the planet and, and to experience... Um, the relationships that I get, my, the privilege I get to, to build upon inside of organizations, doing keynotes, wherever the case may be, I'm really a people person. So if I'm a coder, uh, and nothing against coders, two of my best friends are, th- that to me is not quite the type of world in which I would need to be operating in. As an extrovert, as someone who gets his energy from being around people Uh, staring at a laptop all day and coding something, even though there's progress to see, this is not my cup of tea.
0: In business, what is your favorite word, quote, or sentence that you like to use?
1: Um, I think there's a few, actually. Uh, It's unattributed, but um, one is, this too shall pass so in every business and every uh, situation there are troughs and and in that trough sometimes it'll feel like you're stuck in the trough and you're in the valley of despair but this too shall pass is a reminder to us that you know time heals and that if you keep your focus you keep your purpose and you keep your patience uh, you'll get out of it Um, the other one is uh, actually Robert a, a Churchill quote and And he said once, to improve is to change, but to be perfect is to change often. And that, for me, uh, is the embodiment of there's no such thing as perfection, but we should always be sort of striving for perfection, but looking to change things, looking to adapt, looking to move forward with a different type of idea and thinking. Uh, I never want to be stuck in the status quo.
0: What is your least favorite word or sentence you do not like to hear?
1: Uh, vector or revector. it's like <laughs> you, you hear this a lot and then it almost is always followed up by well let's all grab the low hanging fruit after we've re or vectored our situation here so whoever came up with those I would uh, like to take out in an alley and beat into a pulp
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you had to pick one or two words to describe yourself what would it be and why?
1: Uh, This one with a hyphenated dash. uh, Purpose driven. Uh, I believe in a declaration of purpose that I've lived by for the past 20 years as follows. We're not here to see through each other. We're here to see each other through. And For me, that, that reminds me every single day that to live a life that's purpose-driven, that it's not just about money or power or profit, that we're all here for a higher cause and to look out for your neighbor, your citizen, your community member, your entrepreneurs of this world, that you know, working together is so much better than working apart.
0: What keeps you up at night, if anything?
1: That's why I take melatonin, uh, Robert. Because I need about 10 milligrams a night to, to not be thinking, and and everything keeps me up. Uh, I am a an idea guy, I suppose, and I'm always thinking about what's right, what's wrong, what's the possibility, what's the art of the impossible, and how do you get out of that? How do you reverse engineer things? How do you engineer things? Right? I mean, I could go at Infinitum with you for the next 50 minutes about what I think about at 11 o'clock at night. So I need melatonin, man, and um, I just it helps.
0: <laughs> it's like trying to slow down a train at night.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, just to get and i have sort of on all day, and it's not a bad thing. It's just I've got all this energy, and it just keeps going. So I really have to try and shut it down.
0: Okay, I want you to give us the top three things on your Inspired Life list. This could be whether you want to do a TEDx talk, you want to travel more, philanthropy, uh, start more companies, anything like that?
1: Well, I've done four TEDs, so I definitely want to get to the fifth one at some point. That would be great. Um, so in no particular order, uh, I want to go to Antarctica. And I want to see the emperor penguins. I think those are the coolest things on the planet next to my fondness for orca whales and elephants. But uh, if I can get to that continent, I would nail all the continents as well. So it's a two for one. Um, so that's, that would be there, very high on the list. Um, to be called to the UN to speak on behalf of Canada about... The state of culture and its importance on why organizations need uh, to to be operating differently. Uh, that and/or the World Economic Forum are two places in which um, I'd love to, to deliver a keynote or a talk. I'm privileged to deliver a bunch of these a year, um, but the UN and the, the World Economic Forum have escaped me so far uh, without an invite. So that's another one. Uh, and then, you know, I. I <laughs> I don't know if it's about me, and maybe this is too highfalutin um, an opportunity or a goal, but if there's ever a way in which to find myself chatting with an individual, a leader, sorry, that is moving the populist movement forward, uh, denigrating you know, the open democratic society that that we ought to be uh, thinking and utilizing. Um, If I could ever be in front of one of those kind of populist movement leaders to convince him or her why that's a bad idea, I would honor the opportunity to have that debate.
0: Do you have any advice that you may have received that you can pass on to entrepreneurs throughout British Columbia?
1: Well, um, Brian Scudamore, who's uh, rather famous in our Neck of the Woods, as the uh, founder and uh, and owner of 1800 Got junk plus the O2E brands that uh, he now has under him, uh, is is famous for many things, but um, one of them that I love about him that I learned was his his own purpose statement, and and that is make meaning not money. So. So Brian has made oodles of, of money, oodles of money, sorry. And, and he's given tons of it back. But in any of the, of the organizations that he's founded and continues to, to work with and work for, he's always about a higher sense of meaning. And, and that's to me, the best type of advice that any entrepreneur ought to be given and, and uphold is that it's not just about the money. Yes, it's important. Like you, you can't operate if you don't have it, profit and or revenue. But for that to be the mode of why you're in business defeats the purpose of why we're here on the planet. So make meaning, not money is kind of my homage to Brian Scudamore.
0: Okay, Dan, are you ready to have some fun?
1: I thought we were having fun. So you Uh, mean more fun, right? We're going to have
0: more fun. It's getting even better for you. Okay. As you know, entrepreneurs are always connected. We're always online, whether it be a mobile devices, computers, clients, you name it. We're always uh, uh, on the go. We're going to take you away from all that. There's a small Mm -hmm. tropical island just off of Fiji that only has one phone booth there. There is no internet. This place does exist. We're going to drop you off there. You won't have a computer, a smartphone, or a tablet. You can use the phone booth located there any time to call the boat, and we'll come pick you up. How long would you last before you made that call, and what would you do while you were there?
1: Wow. That's the sort of uh, Tom Hanks castaway moment question, isn't it? Um,
0: well, he didn't have a phone booth.
1: That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, he had... Uh, he learned how to make fire and tried to do SOS commands. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose that around the two-year mark I'd get on that phone.
0: Two years?
1: Oh, God, yeah. I mean, I can be uh, swimming in my thoughts for days, and whether that's reciting the poetry that I've got memorized in my head, whether that's contemplating the why of our existence, you know, I, I, I welcome a day where we are able to pay homage not just by scripture and writing, but actually doing what you say in this island um, that... that that's what the Greeks used to do in the Agora. The Greeks didn't have internet. The Greeks didn't have laptops. The Greeks didn't have the payphone, right? The Greeks, whether it was through a lunkus or dialectical dialogue or the Socratic method, right? You just kind of go on and on and, and start to peel the layers back of the the, the, the Agora. The Greeks were um, deliberating with one another. They were, they were having um, good talks with one another. And yes, I understand if I'm by myself, it's a little bit different, but, but that would be my homage. It'd be like, I'm in an agora now and I can be marinating in my own thoughts and using whatever things I need to do to, to figure out how to make writing utensils and paper and papyrus and what have you. But I do that. And I would be in this like two year thinking, um, cocoon. And I, I I think that's great. (laughs) Maybe I'm the antichrist and weird but that's definitely something i would be able to handle for a couple of years of it's all, like a master's degree in, in yeah. pause
0: of all the people i've interviewed you are the first to say that you would last two years I, mm-hmm. i've heard three four months maximum but uh, not two years so congratulations you uh <laughs> you've outlasted everyone the boat will be out there for a while so it's good to know <laughs> Awesome. (laughs) Okay, Dan, we're going to wrap things up. How can our listeners get hold of you? And is there anything you'd like to add before you leave us today?
1: Um, Well, I'll go um, with the latter and then come back to the former. I mean, um, I believe in what I call sort of three legs to a leadership stool. And for entrepreneurs, um, I really think they need to to contemplate my three legs, as selfish as that sounds. Uh, The first is culture. Um, if you're not thinking about the culture of your organization, uh, there will be no organization. And, and ultimately, I believe there's a competitive advantage when you think about your culture first. Second, and, and sort of in cahoots with culture, is purpose. So it's not so much as just asking about the why you're in business. It's really asking the questions of what are we trying to achieve who are we trying to achieve it for and how are we going to show up each and every day doing it when you answer those questions you know ultimately you are creating and crafting the higher purpose of your organization and then thirdly which goes back to the uh, former question that you've had and I'll explain is thinking right we need to win back our thinking we have become so frenetic so busy, so overly stressed, no one's going to contemplate living on an island for two years, for example, by themselves. That's, that's an indictment on the way in which that we're leading because we're causing stress to the people we lead. We're causing self-harm, if you will, to ourselves with the, our obesity rates and, and the mental and wellness issues that are going on. We need to take a step back and figure out what's going wrong with our thinking. And so to that end, if anyone wanted to get in touch or sort of see my thoughts on that particular thread, the latest book i've published uh in october of this year is called open to think as you've mentioned you can simply go to opentothink.com, uh see the ted talk on that particular uh topic and a bunch of other goodies that go along with the book but that's my latest uh thinking if you will robert um culture purpose and thinking being the three legs of a really good leadership slash entrepreneur's uh stool
0: Interesting. Okay, well, I'm encouraging my listeners to uh, definitely take you up on that and uh, check out your TED Talks and uh, grab the book and uh, uh, learn something from what I think everyone can is to uh, slow down and really think about where you're going in life and, and taking it to the next level. So okay, Dan, thank you for coming on the show. I've learned a lot about you and I'm sure our listeners have as well.
1: Oh, it's such a treat to chat with you, Robert. uh, You're an interesting and great interviewer, and this was a great piece of discourse. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you very much, and we will see you next time. All right. Take care. Hey there. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to Vancouver's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters and write a review for us on iTunes, and then connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Canada's Podcast. You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. See you next time.